Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. When the purpose of a thing is not known, what happens? Abuse becomes inevitable. Human love is an abuse of divine love. It's an attempt to love without the source and the supervision of love himself, which is Jesus. Amen. All right, so God wants us, when we got born again, we were relocated and upgraded back into God's love. And God wants us to walk in love. When you walk in love, you walk in God. And when you walk in love, the attributes of love becomes the basis of your engaging and relating with people. Love is not proud. Love doesn't boast. Love doesn't show off. Love doesn't behave out of character. It's not behaving self unseemly. Love does not rejoice at injustice or uh, unfairness. Love rejoices where there is fairness or truth. These attributes are already seeded in us. Say with me. Say, I have the spirit of power. The more minded you are, the more operational you become in them. Because what we do comes from what we believe. And what we believe comes from what we know. Are you hearing me? And what we know comes from what we hear. Okay, so when you hear, you know. When you know, you believe. When you believe, you walk in it. That's why in the new covenant, it's not about what you do. It's about what you believe. Because what you do comes from what you believe. Because what you believe comes from what you know. And what you know comes from what you hear or what you read. So God wants his word to educate your mind and bring the awareness of what you possess in Christ. The more you hear it, the more you believe it. And the more you believe it, the more you do it. Say amen. John said in 1 John 4, we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And he that loveth not, knoweth not God, because God is love. To love is to dwell in God. Hallelujah. All right. All the hurts and the pain that is being felt in relationships, family, cross nations today is because of man operating natural love, trying to love. You can't care without God. Say amen. The best you will do is to worry. <laughs> That's the truth. You can't care. Without God, you can't, without the word of God, you cannot truly love. No matter how honest and sincere your intentions are. Did you hear what I said? The mystery of iniquity will not allow you function. Did you hear what I said? Iniquity is called lawlessness. There is a lawlessness that has infected human love. That's why it's offendable and self-centered. You can't help but do that. So when we come into Christ, we have been born into a new kind of love. It's called the way love. The nature of God. The life of God. The love of God. Say amen. And Jesus, when he came to earth, demonstrated that love. He demonstrated it while he lived on earth. He demonstrated that love while they took him to the cross. You know what kept Jesus on the cross? It wasn't a nail. It was love. Romans 5, 8 says, Christ commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ did what? He died for us. The, the people, he only allowed men to touch him because of love. 
It was the love of God that took him to the cross. It was the love of God that made him keep quiet. Why they provoked him and did all kinds of nonsense. It was the love of God that made him say, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. So when you walk in this love, you also be like Stephen when he was being stoned. He looked at them and said, Father, forgive them. Don't count this on them. And Jesus stood. There's nowhere the Bible has said Jesus stood. All the references to Christ is that he's seated. Is that not true? But when Stephen demonstrated love at the point of death, Jesus stood on the throne and received him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what the power of God's love. That's why the highest revelation of God is love. What did I say? It's not giftedness. He said you can have you can have gifts and move mountain and speak in tongue of men and angels. But if you don't walk in love, you are what? Nothing. It's not, it's your giftedness is not your value is not in your giftedness. Your value is in your love life. Do you love? Do you love? If you operate in love, First Corinthians 13, 4 to 8, it's the litmus, litmus test for walking in love. If you walk in love, you demonstrate that. All right? But we also are aware, Satan understands the power of God's love. Because when love prevails, peace, harmony will be there. And Satan hates harmony. He hates peace. He wants the world to be in chaos, crisis, confusion. That's what the Bible says. Where there is strife and envy, there is confusion and all manner of what? Evil works. And in order to perpetuate that, he has, um, he has, what's the word? He has made, collected a group of asena used under the category of the works of the flesh to attack man on the lifestyle level. The lifestyle of a man is divided into three categories. How he thinks or how he reasons, how he feels his emotion and how he acts. That's the lifestyle of a man. The King James Version uses a word for it. It's called conversation. When you see the word conversation in the New Testament, it's not talking about just talking. It's talking about your lifestyle, how you think. How you, be, how you feel and how you act or how you behave. So the works of the flesh are Satan's attack on humanity's lifestyle. That's what it does. That's what sin brought. Sin introduced a frailty, a weakness into the human life. That's why man without God, I was saying something to my children, it's true. Without Jesus, human beings are nothing. Bible says was filthy rocks. Man is a beast without Jesus. I hope you know that. <coughs> I hope you know that. Yeah, man is a beast without God. Beast is something that cannot be tamed. The, what tames man is Christ. Good works is not strong enough to tame man. He can introduce some good behavior, but it won't change the nature of man. It's only Christ that can tame man. It's only Christ that can introduce the internal and external sanity to a man's life. Without Christ, you can have a shade or a cover, but inside you are useless, you are, you are dull, there's no peace. You can live in the midst of money, but you are miserable. Because God never designed man to be fulfilled from natural stuff, achievement, possession. Those were tools of accomplishment. They were not the reason for living. Today people live as if to achieve is the reason why they are living. Say, ah, I have built two houses, one in my village, one in town. I have settled my father. I'm an accomplished man. No, sir. Jesus said in Luke 12, 15, the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of things. that he, Those things you did are nice, but they are not the reason for your fulfillment. Your fulfillment is, are you doing exactly what God has told you to do according to the word and according to his purpose for your life? Are you hearing me? Therein lies your fulfillment. 
If you're not obeying the word, you're not, you're not going to be fulfilled. And if you're not doing what God has told you by the Spirit to do, you will not be fulfilled. That's where fulfillment comes from. Fulfillment is a byproduct of doing exactly what God's word says. God says walk in love. If you don't walk in love, you're not going to be fulfilled. Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses what? His own soul. Nothing. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, so we've looked at the, um, we started looking at the category of offense. And we said the goal of offense, the word offense means a trap or a stumbling block. Satan uses offense to prevent us from operating in the love of God. By keeping us stuck with the flesh. Operating in natural flesh love. Okay? And we said these works of the flesh are antichrist lifestyle. Everybody say antichrist. Because you are a possessor of the life of God. You now have the Christ life in you. You have the Christ nature in you. The works of the flesh are antichrist nature. They are designed to prevent you from manifesting as sons of God. Only those operate as sons of flesh. <laughs> no. Say I'm not a son of the flesh. Say I'm a son of God. Say that boldly. Say I am a son of God. Son of God means you are, you are a son of divinity. Glory be to God. You are a partaker of the divine nature. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are now his offspring. If any man be in Christ, what is he? It's a new creature. That's a son of God, a new creature. All things are what? Passed away. You're a brand new man. Spirit is a brand new man. Praise God. All right? So we've looked at um, three works of the flesh under offense. What is the first one? Hatred. Everybody say hatred. And we define hatred as being hostile, unfriendly, argumentative, is that not so? Aggressive. And we said hatred is a way of thinking and a hostile or aggressive way of thinking, feeling, and behaving. All right? That's hatred. So I asked the question, are you hating? Some people say, no, I'm just saying my mind. No, you are hating. Anytime you're unfriendly, anytime you're hostile, Anytime you're argumentative and aggressive, you are hating. What did I say? You are hating. According to the Bible, you are hating. And we said God equates hatred to murder. When you hate, you are a killer in the eyes of God. Because the Bible says it's impossible for you to say you love God and you hate your brother. That no person who hates his brother has eternal life abiding on the inside. And Satan will set you up for hatred. He will use situation, he will use circumstance. There are some of you now, you hate the country. Why? Because you don't like whoever is in charge. That's the deception Satan is using against you. You think you are justified for hating the country, but you are walking in the flesh. Because as long as you think, you will never pray for the country. You will be speaking death to the country. Did God tell you any man will be your savior? Answer me now. Answer me now. Did God tell you any system of man will save you? That's how Satan set people for hatred. He will just bring causes to set people up for hatred. But, but you, you won't know. Because what the devil does, he keeps you stuck on the issue. Why? Using you for hatred. Because as long as you hate, you cannot love. And not only that, when you, are hate, when you hate, it becomes easy for you to kill. People who hate, they kill easily. Kill them! As it comes with the territory. Another thing about hatred is that people who hate, they're living a lie. They're living a hypocritical life. The word lie, that means falsehood. They're fake. Because hatred makes you fake. 
write it down. When you hate, you become fake. You put on a character that is not your nature. You start acting a false life. Be very careful. It doesn't matter what anybody did to you. Don't accept the baiting or the entrapment of hatred. Forgive and walk away. Do you understand that? Now, I always say this. You, you don't control what people do to you. You can't. You are not their mind. You, don't, you are not why they do what they do. But you can only control how you respond. And hatred is an antichrist or it's an antichrist response. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What did I say hatred is? An antichrist response. Christians don't hate. You can disagree without hatred. But once you begin to act, you become argumentative, aggressive, hostile, and unfriendly. You have stepped into the zone of hatred. Satan can easily use you. Did you hear what I said? Because once the works of the flesh takes over you, your soul, you become, you give Satan, Satan a place, and he can easily use you. So be very careful. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? What is the second one? Variance. Everybody say variance. What is variance? Quarry. Everybody say quarry. And we said quarry is the flesh way to dealing with disagreement. People quarry when they don't get along. Is that not true? Yeah. So that's what quarry is. It's, it's something between two people. And, and you don't quarrel with a stranger. You quarrel with someone you know. You have a bit of relationship with the person. And we said quarreling, it's called variance, is the flesh way to dealing with misunderstanding. But settlement, peaceful settlement, is the spirit way to dealing with what? None of us is insulated from misunderstanding. Hello? When people marry, I always tell them this. Both of you are licensed to misunderstand each other. What did I say? It may not look like a nice word, but, but trust me. You are, marriage is a journey of understanding yourself. Now, if you don't, you can do it the flesh way or you can do it the spirit way. One of the flesh ways, quarreling, chaos. You become chaos drinking because the word virance means to be um, hot tempered. Is that not so? Hot tempered. Difficult. That's why you quarrel. When you are quarrel, when you are quarrelsome, you, you, you don't want to reason. You are blinded what you want. You're not even interested in listening to the other person. And I said in communication, there has to be a speak and a hear. Is that not true? When there's a speak, somebody should be hearing. Is that not true? And when somebody is, um, the other person starts to speak, the one that was speaking should hear. It's called communication. There is a sending and a receiving. But when the two parties wants to speak at the same time, that is not communication. It's called variance. A quarreling. Quarreling is when two people want to say something at the same time and they don't want to listen to each other. Is that not true? That's what it is. And, and, and you know the deceptive part of this works of the flesh? Satan has convinced humanity that it's normal to quarrel. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? You go to them and say it's normal to quarrel. It's not normal. It's in the flesh to quarrel. It is normal in Christ to settle misunderstanding. Did you hear what I said? The quarrel response is the flesh way. Are you listening to what I am saying? That's what the Bible says. Paul gave us a counsel in Colossians 3 verse 13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do what? You. It didn't say if you have a quarrel, quarrel. It's no matter to be quarrel. It's human to be quarrel. It didn't say that. He said if anybody has a quarrel, what do you do? Forgive. 
That means settle it, address it. Have a sane discussion without throwing punches, without screaming at each other. Focus on the issue. Resist the urge to be hot-tempered. Did you hear what I said? And don't raise your voice. Be mindful of the tone of your voice. Say, no, it's not, that's not my voice. When I talk, the thing is it's very loud. No, it's not. Calm down. If God is screaming at you, can you hear where? That's what it's called the still, small voice. That's the voice of the Spirit. If the Holy Ghost voice is still and small, why will it all be louder? So tell everybody, say, calm down. Say, calm down. Calm down. Relax. Don't let the devil get into your head and mess your head up. Then number three is what? Emulation. What is emulation? We use two words to describe emulation. Envious and contentious rivalry. Rivalry means competition. Emulation, we said the opportunity for the entrapment of emulation usually shows up when we see or hear about other people's progress or success. When someone is succeeding at something you are trying to succeed in, how do you feel? How do you respond? What happens? Do you rejoice? I give an example. Somebody is believing God for a child. You are here to have your own. And here comes somebody that just got married. You've been married for like six years. Person just got married. One year. They didn't even waste time. After they finish one year, bam, belly don't come. Then one year they, are, they are dedicated their baby. And you, you've been believing God. For, so when, when they say everybody come and rejoice, do you sit behind or do you come and dance? Do you understand what I mean by that? Or you're believing God because you want to get married and, and somebody that just come yesterday is getting married and you, you have become old boys and old guest association. Now we there is You have joined that group. And when they say, let's do a committee of friends, come ahead. You say, I don't have time, I am busy. It's a lie. It's emulation. You are not happy. You are not happy that the person is progressing and according to your judgment, you are not progressing. Emulation is when other people's progress becomes a threat to you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? This happens in church. When we operate like that, we're not operating as believers. We're a victim of the works of the flesh known as emulation. And we said emulation is what is responsible for competitive jealousy. When you compare yourself. There's a show they call Housewife of... I know they've not done Nigerian one. I've never watched that one. Something housewife of this, something housewife. I watched some of the episodes. It's a very useless program. Sorry. It's my opinion. If you don't like it, sorry. If you don't like it. It's a useless. Because it's just about competitive jealousy. That's all. Tell your neighbor, say, God didn't create you to compete with anybody. Say, some of you didn't obey what? Stephen, wake up. Look, I look at him. Sleeping in front of me. Look at your neighbor and say, God did not create you to, uh, to be competitive with another person. Look at the person again. Say, look at another person. Say, God did not create you to compete with somebody else. Look at somebody and say, you are not a competition to me. So you are not that important. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't allow anybody to intimidate you. What did I say? One of the ways to deal with anybody's pro progress is two ways. To rejoice for them and to thank God for them. Are you hearing me? That's the God way. Bible says rejoice with those that rejoice. That's the way you deal with it. You rejoice. Praise God. So what? Since my brother's progress is progressing, so I'm happy for him. When you do that, you give no place to the devil. Are you hearing me? But when you just have this kind of mysterious silence 
I call it mysterious silence, but you just ignore as if nothing is going on. You know when they say, when, when, they, when you hear them say, in church, everybody say, hallelujah! You just, no expression on your face, no sign to show you are grateful and you are happy for your brother. You're like this. In fact, you just be looking as if you are reading a verse in the Bible. Which Bible? Don't be doing like this. See, ah, somebody else, ah, when we were shouting, I noticed you didn't. Are you okay? Uh, no, no, no. Um, get away my body to me. You have added light to it. Cannot be happy. Some of you, you can't stand anybody's success or progress. When somebody succeeds, you have one negative comment or statement or smirk to do. You cannot be grateful to somebody. Say so the person is doing very well. It's always a threat to you. That's why you are still where you are. Emulation, be very careful. Hallelujah. All right, number four. Write this down. We're going to go to Ralph. Everybody say Ralph. W-R-O-A-T-H. Listen to this because every one of us, we will face this enemy. In fact, we face it every day. Hallelujah. Wrath. First of all, what is anger? What is anger? God gets angry. So anger is a legitimate emotional response. Anger is an emotion. Say that with me. Say that one more time. Anger is an emotion. It's a legitimate way of feeling. Anger is given to you to express displeasure when something is not right or needs to be changed. So that emotional response to an uncomfortable situation is that you're not happy about it. That's anger. But anger was designed by God to be healthy, not unhealthy. The works of the flesh is what makes anger unhealthy. How? It turns anger into a different form. It shape shift. Everybody say shape shift. If you watch a cartoon, you know what I mean by shape shift. It will metamorphose anger into something that's called wrath. And once it metamorphoses to what? It's not healthy anger. It becomes unhealthy anger. Am I making any sense? Please listen to this. Anger is a legitimate emotional response to issues that are not right or needs to be changed. However, for anger to remain healthy, it must be controlled. Tell your neighbor, say, anger is to be controlled. See, emotion is to be controlled. Tell your neighbor, say, the way you feel is to be controlled. Say it three times. Uh huh. Uh huh. You are not to be controlled by how you feel. God didn't design you that way. God designed you to feel, but He also gave you a mind to control and regulate how you feel. Do you understand that? That's. Feeling with, you know, especially if it's being controlled by something outside your mind, can you use your feeling against your good? Example, um, gay, lesbianism. It's a feeling, but it's a feeling that is being controlled by an external influence other than your mind. You've submitted to a lie, and, and you, are not, you are not feeling for something that is not, number one, it is not backed with your nature. You are a man, for Christ's sake. You can never be a woman. Even if you go and do medical experiment, sorry, is it medical experiment? Medical treatment to alter your look because some of the men will not go and blow their lips so it will look like a woman's lip. They will go and inject their waist so their bumble will be like a woman. Why are you killing yourself before your time? Then they will be doing like this, like monkey, walking like, you want to behave like women. 
What is that? You are a woman. Stop ridiculing yourself and disgracing your family. That's feeling not controlled by the word. I don't care how, because Satan has sold a light to people to try to legitimize it. So it's in movies now. They want you to feel that it's normal for a woman to kiss a woman. It is not normal. Bible says it in Romans 1. It says when men refuse to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them to a reprobate mind, burning with lust that is ungodly towards each other. Men with men, women with women. That's against the Bible. There's no philosophy, reasoning that will make the lifestyle of gay and lesbian right. I don't care. It's not a civil right issue. It's bad mind. Did you hear what I said? It's what? It's bad mind. Bad reasoning. Satan wants you to accept what will kill you. And people are not legitimizing that. Say it's normal. It's not normal. It's demonic. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, it's, it's not a popular way to say, but I'm not telling you my opinion. It's not my opinion. It's Bible opinion. In the same way, anger. Everybody say anger. Look at your brother. Say anger. Look at the person. Say anger. I didn't say your brother is anger. <laughs> I'm trying to pass the message. Look at everybody. Say anger. Your name is not anger, so just say it to people. Say anger. anger. Ask your neighbor, do you get angry? Yeah. Say it now. Look at the person's face. You are looking at. Don't, when I give you such a obey, don't be able to say you are doing something. Look at the person. Say, my, say, say anger. anger. Say, do you get angry? Yeah. Okay, ask the person. Say, is your anger safe? Yeah. Look at the person. You are not. I will call your name. Look at the person. Say, say is your anger safe? King David, you are not looking at uh, Daffy. Look at the Daffy. Tell him. Is your anger safe? Is your anger safe? Hello? Everybody say irritation. Irritation are traces that your anger is beginning to lose control. When you start getting easily irritated, it's a sign that you are losing control over your anger. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, look, this is where Satan has Moses lost his destiny because of uncontrolled anger. I can give you instances in the Bible and it will shock you. And when it happened, the people that was used to provoke him was the people. God never mentioned them. It was his lack of control that God says, you do this. He said, what you did, you don't understand the implication of what you did. Because for Moses to strike the rock twice was to insult redemption. That's why God said you will never enter. Christ was only meant to be struck once. And after that time, the next thing you speak, you do to Christ is to speak, not to beat him. So for him to struck is crucifying Christ two times. You can't do that. How do I know? The Bible says the rock that brought water was Christ. So you can't beat Christ twice. Christ can't die for sin two times. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the significant whenever God tells you to obey, there's a reason. But when you disobey, there are consequences. And one of the things Satan can use against you to negotiate your obedience of God is uncontrolled anger. Many have lost positions of opportunity. Many have lost breakthroughs. Many have even lost relationship because of uncontrolled anger. Because once your anger becomes controlled, Satan is in the driving seat. You talk anyhow, you act anyhow, you behave anyhow. In a fleeting moment, you can do something. And if you're not very careful, you can even kill somebody. Because you're angry. Next thing, you, you start breaking things. You, 
That's when it has reached demonic stage. Satan is, oh yeah, scatter spoil your television. Oh yeah, kick out. Break your window. Break your, throw your beginning. Hallelujah. Because when, you, when your anger is uncontrolled, you can hear Satan very clear. What did I say? You can hear him very clear. The voice of the devil becomes very clear. Very clear. The inspiration to do nonsense will just be flooding your head. Break your head. Slap your wife. Kick and blam. Just slam her on the floor. Uncontrolled anger. That's what happens. You need to be careful. Hallelujah. Are you still here? When anger becomes unhealthy, it has metamorphosed into the works of the flesh known as wrath. Are you always irritated? When they say, let me, let me, let me. So just leave me. If you're always like that, listen to what I'm saying. You are, in, you are in an unhealthy emotional state. You better repent so the enemy doesn't get the best of you. Did you hear what I said? Wrath means an outburst of uncontrolled anger. Let me, let me expose one lie Satan has used. Many of us believe, you know, psychology will tell you that your anger may be from unresolved issues. You know, either because of the way you were treated, your, your parents treated you, the things you went through in life. My friend, are you the only one that went through bad things in life? What's wrong with you? Everybody has stories. When will you stop blaming your past? Why are you in Christ? To give you power over your past. How can you still be in Christ and be blaming what your father did for you? How your father abandoned you? You know what the Bible says? It says if your father forsake you, I, the Lord, will pick you up. So, you are in Christ. Whether your father abandoned you or not is not an issue anymore. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Stop blaming what your father did. The man doesn't even know what he was doing. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Stop blaming what your... Oh, nobody was there for me. I suffered. Well done. Congratulations. You have some sense now, Abby. You know, everything's well difficult for me. Thank you. They should clap for you now. You are the first person to suffer. You know, I suffer. Some pastors don't blame me. Some when you see me just behave, act like this violent. It's because where I'm coming from. Everything is very tough. Everything. Is it tougher than the gospel? Is it better than the love of God? Is it better than the fact that God has given you power in the Holy Ghost to live above it? Why are we emphasizing our negatives? When we have a whole world of advantage in Christ, we can maximize. Why do you want to blame something, your lack of responsibility to activate and enforce your advantage in Christ? I'm blaming where you're coming from. You're not the only last person. You're not the uh, person that was abused. There are multiple people that were abused. So, so specialize in the thing. Look up to Christ and let go of your past. Or else you'll just be going around in circle. You know what God told them? You have walked around this mountain long enough. You have walked around this mountain blaming people, blaming your anger. Take responsibility and move forward. Say amen. Stop, stop looking for who to blame for your anger. There's nobody to blame except yourself. Did you hear what I said? Wrath is uncontrolled, angry way of reasoning, feeling, and acting. Never allow anger to decide the way you think. What did I say? That's when, when you notice your anger wants to enter rough, step back, pray in the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues, remind yourself of who you are in Christ, keep quiet for a while, then before you do anything. Do you understand that? Never allow situations to provoke you to act. Don't allow your action to be situational, otherwise you will do things you will regret for your life. 
Wrath is when our anger lacks wisdom. Write it down. Wrath, wrath, which is uncontrolled anger, is when our anger lacks what? Wisdom. When our anger is in wrath stage, it means anger without sense. <laughs> Amen. Anger with what? Anger with what? Without sense. No sense. Foolish anger. That's another way to look at it. Foolish what? Foolish anger. Foolish and stupid anger. You now do something because you are angry and you go and regret for the rest of your life. Hey, why did I do that? Because you were stupid. Foolish anger. Uncontrolled anger or wrath is when our anger lacks wisdom. Lack of wisdom in this context simply means two things. Write this down. It means there is no purpose to the anger and there is no control. There is a purpose for anger. It is to express displeasure to what is not right or needs to be changed. Outside of that is an abuse. When you have wrath, it means your anger lacks wisdom. It has no purpose and it has no control. And don't operate in that mode. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That mode is just flip and just turn your hand like that. Don't do that. You're born again. Stop enabling your unrenewed mind and begin to accept your nature in Christ. Many people have killed because of such things and they are regretting it tomorrow. One man was watching television. It was Nigeria uh, match. The wife was trying to get her attention, his attention for something. And the man was not, he was talking to the man, was not listening because he was engrossed in the game. And if you're a woman, be, that's some, that wisdom you are, if you talk twice, walk three, you not talk liver. When the match finish, it's just 90 minutes, you will have your attention. Is that not so? <laughs> but for you men, don't allow anything to control you to a point where you don't have control by yourself. When the woman tried to get his attention and the man did not respond, the woman came and stood his front. The man just kind of threw the woman from the window. Unfortunately, they were in the story building. So be careful. What did I say? Be careful. Be very careful. The scripture says in Ephesians 4.26, Be angry and sin not. You sin when your anger lacks purpose and control. That's what it means. Be angry and what? Don't say no pastor. That's, no, no, just let me answer the verse. No, don't talk like that. You're not a devil. You're born again. Don't use statements that go against your nature. Stop endorsing antichrist natures. So no, answer the verse. No pastor, when I verse, my head goes to the heart. You heard the heart. The heart, you get fever. You know, just the heart. That's how I express myself. That is not how you express yourself. You are in Christ. You don't talk like that. Stop endorsing bad behavior. These are, Satan has lied to you and you are endorsing Satan's lies in your life. Don't just verse, you just went Your own self, your anger has become like a terrorist now. Once you get everybody, will just take over. Say the verse, the verse, the verse, the verse, the verse. You're, you're, because people are afraid of your anger now, you are not like an anger terrorist. Terrorizing everybody with your anger. Better repent. Glory be to God. Be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down on your wrath. However, according to scripture, God uses, there's a righteous side to wrath. And that's where God uses it. There's a righteous side to wrath. Right, the righteous side to wrath is when God gives people opportunity for repentance and they reject it. And they'll face the consequence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The wrath of God 
is the judgment of God on those who reject his word and his salvation. Let me show you what I mean. Go to Romans chapter 1, verse 18. When people refuse to believe the gospel, they expose themselves to the wrath of God. Because the gospel of Christ and what he's done is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. When you reject Jesus and reject the gospel, the only option left to such people is the wrath of God. Because outside Christ is wrath. Within Christ is redemption. Ephesians 1.18. Are you there? Are you there? All right. Let me read it. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who do what? Who hold the truth in what? In unrighteousness. So the wrath of God. People who reject salvation expose themselves to the wrath of God. All right? So let me say this before we go to the next point. However, the unrighteous aspect of Wrath is the work of the flesh, which we are talking about, which is uncontrolled anger. Everybody say uncontrolled anger. Some of you, let the word of God begin to renew your mind. You know, there's a lie some of you have been speaking to yourself. Are you ready for this? Is everybody ready to what I want to say? There's a lie some of you have been saying to yourself. Satan has convinced you that you have hot temper. You do not have hot temper. Did you hear what I said? Satan has borrowed you his mind. You better reject the mind very fast. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ. You have the spirit of a sound mind, not a devil mind. Say, so, no, Pastor, leave in mind. He's, he has hot temper. Hot, hot. Yes, using the fry bullet. That hot temper. How can you be endorsing rubbish? It's not, your, it's not your lifestyle. Say, I don't have hot temper. Say, I have the nature of Christ. Say, I don't lose my temper. Say, my temper is controlled. Hallelujah. Don't, don't, don't say things like that. Say, I don't say ah, Don't try. Don't provoke him. He has what? Don't, don't. And you will even terrorize people to be speaking it over you. Say, he has hot temper. Hot temper. Lie of the devil. Okay, listen to this. Wrath. One of the reasons we should stay away from wrath is this. Write this down. Wrath, which is uncontrolled anger, makes us vengeful. What did I say? It makes us vengeful. When you are someone who is controlled by uncontrolled anger, you become very vengeful. The word vengeful means to be revengeful. That's another word for it. Vengeful. Vengeful. Why? Why are you vengeful? Because when you think by wrath, you are not regulated by the wisdom of God. You are regulated by the flesh. You are regulated by Satan. So you are always seeking revenge. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me show you what the Bible says about revenge. Romans 12, verse 19. Quickly. Romans 12, verse 19. It says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Let me read from a translation. It's called uh, Free Bible Version. It's one of the versions I've been using recently. Let me read verse 19. You will love this. Pay attention to this. Free Bible version. It says, my dear friends, don't seek revenge. What did I say? What did I say? Don't seek revenge. But leave it to God to execute judgment. As the scripture points out, it is for me to dispense justice. I will repay, says the Lord. 
When the Bible says avenge them, say, don't, don't, no, don't be. Because when, when you are in rat mode, you are in revenge mode. You want to do back to people what they did to you. You're not regulated by the wisdom of God. You are not seen very far. You are only controlled by that situation. That's the danger of being controlled by wrath. When you are controlled by wrath, you are controlled by the situation. You are not thinking about the implication of your action there and then. That you might make a decision now that may put 10, 15 years of your life in problem. A man walks into his house one day and catches his, uh, someone he knows sleeping with his wife. Two options. Either you kill the man and kill your wife and go to prison or you walk away. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me tell you what the man did. The man traveled and the wife has been unfaithful. He, he's been hearing story, but he didn't want to believe them. So one day came back without the wife knowing when he was to come back. Walks into the house comes to their bedroom and sees the wife sleeping with somebody that he knows. He looked at them all. The shock was on his face. The man didn't talk. All. He just went back and sat in the living room. And that's a man under control. Sat down. He kept quiet. The, the idiot came out and left. He didn't talk. All. But the only thing he didn't do, he didn't eat his wife's food again. Because if you can do this, then you can kill me. So he will greet her normally. He will give money, whatever they want to do for the house, the children. But he didn't touch her and he didn't eat her food. We come back, ask everybody, blah, blah, blah. After Sophia, the woman ran away. She, the man, before the man came out, she packed her load and disappeared. She went home. Ah, why you come back? She started crying. Hey, she didn't want to. What is the problem? Hey, what is the problem? Hey, what is the problem? Hey. So the family called the husband. Why is your wife here? What's the problem? He said, problem. He said, there's no problem. He said, your wife left your house and come in. He said, what? He said, ask her. Let her tell you with her mouth if there's a problem. They did not come to her. Wait, your husband said, we should ask you. What is the problem? Hey, hey, hey. By the time she opened her mouth and had the courage to say, the family, they say, hey, you don't disgrace us. That kind of situation, is it not better for the wisdom of God to play out like that? Eh? Eh? Then you now carry cutlass. Eh? You become a murderer. You kill her and kill him. Kill the stupid man and kill your stupid wife for doing the stupid thing together in your bedroom. And you now become a stupid man for killing the stupid people. <laughs> are you hearing me? If you are the one that has some control and say, yeah, where are seed? Where are seed? No problem. Where are seed? When police will come, they will arrest you too. Because two wrongs can never make a right. That's what uncontrolled anger can do. People say, no, no matter. What did the wife do bad? He did bad. That can't he pay. That can't, but you are a murderer now. He did pay, sir, but you are not a murderer. A killer. Talking anyhow. Hallelujah. God says, don't worry. Say, I know how to give justice. Don't take it into your hand. You can't do it. So, can I say this to everyone? No matter how anybody provoke you, don't take justice into your hand. Trust the God of justice. Do you understand what I'm saying? Stop. Tell the neighbor, say you cannot fight for yourself. Say it again. 
the problem with many of you is that you want to fight for yourself. So since you say you want to fight, you know what God is doing, for, doing to you? You do like this. Oh yeah, fight. And we cannot fight for ourselves. Because when you are in wrath mode, you are blinded. You're not in wisdom mode. Am I making any sense? So this is what the Bible tells us to do. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath, they are cousins, they always go together. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Don't let anybody provoke you to a point that you act out of character. Did you hear what I said? Just keep quiet. If you don't know what to say, don't start cursing. Just pray in the spirit and just keep quiet. And lean on the wisdom of God. God will fight for you. The problem with many of you is that you want to fight for yourself and you don't believe God can fight for you. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. I know how to do it. I will. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Yes, sir. Let me read what uh, free Bible version says. Get rid of every kind of bitterness, rage, anger, verbal abuse. Your papa, your mama, are you not ashamed of yourself? Adult, talking nonsense. What is your papa and your mama? Leave your father and your mother alone. Say, use your own self. My, 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 whatever. Talking rubbish. At your age, bad manners you learned when you were small. You are married now, you are still Say, look at your big head. Ay, how can you say that? You are an adult. You are still doing big head and big head. He said, look at it. Then the man now say, what of your head too? Say, my head is fine. Say, your head not fine. Your head not Then, baby like kids. Say, see, eye. Say, your eye too. Say, my eye too. Can you imagine? You have reduced to eye. Just disgracing and fooling yourself. Say that we'll just be laughing in one corner and be laughing at, at your nonsense. Children will be better for you. Say the same thing for you to return to sender. Hey, in the same house. And your children are looking at two of you. Disgracing yourself. Programming them for a bad future. Get rid of it. Verbal abuse and insult along with all forms of evil. Verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to each other. Forgiving one another just as God in Christ forgave you. Let justice prevail. When you were provoked to slap and you didn't slap, God will just give you good mark. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? When you were provoked to slap and you did not slap, you held yourself, God will just give you good mark. Back up. It will play out for you well in the future to come. Say amen. James 1.20 says, For the wrath of man walketh not the righteousness of God. Your uncontrolled anger cannot produce the righteousness of God. All right, number five, strife. We've looked at hatred, variance, emulation, and wrath. Number five, strife. Everybody says strife. strife. Let's see if we can do this in five minutes. The word strife simply means infighting. Everybody say infighting. In you know why I use the word infighting? Because someone, strife means to fight. But an infighting, the, 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 the problem with strife is that it begins with you. The people that fight other people are people that fight themselves. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me rewind. Jesus said something when they accused him one time that he was casting out devil with devil or the prince of devil called Beelzebub. So you know what he said to them? He said a kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. He said a house divided against itself will not stand. In other words, when there is no agreement within the kingdom, the kingdom will collapse. Is that not true? Now, when there is no agreement within yourself, 
you will always fight. It's called unresolved issues. Let me explain that, what I mean. When the way you think is not regulated by the word of God, you are bound to live a life of strife. Such people always believe that people are taking them for granted and they don't respect them. And they are on a mission to prove to people in every situation that they cannot be taken for granted. You will fight, and trust me, you go fight tire. Write this down. Strife means contention or infighting. A proper word for that is selfish competition. So strife is contention and fighting that comes from selfish competition. Selfish. The foundation for strife is selfishness. If you are selfish, you will always fight with people. Because if they don't protect your interests, you will have problem with them. Strife is one of the pollutants that Satan can use to corrupt you so you don't operate in the love of God. Strife is a contentious or combative way of reasoning, feeling, and behaving. When you are strife-minded, you are always in fight mode. What did I say? Always ready to fight. For some women, they fight with this mouth. They, don't, they know they can't beat the mouth, so they beat him with the mouth. Then some fight with their hands. They know that their mouth is not as sharp as their wife, so they use their hand. In some relationships, it's the other way around. But every form of strife is evil. That's what the Bible says. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is to be no infighting. The Bible says do all things without murmuring and complaining. Alright? Listen to this. It is a, a strife is a contentious and combative. Combative means someone that is in a fight, war mode. Everybody say war. War mode. Everybody is against you, so you want to fight. You want to defend yourself. Any small thing, you're always looking at it from the angle that everybody is against you. So you are strife-driven. Contentious people are tension-causing people. What are they? Eh? Contentious people or strife people or contentious people are tension. Everybody say tension. Some, in some cases, high tension. They are tension-causing people because they are tense themselves due to unresolved way of thinking. Their mind is not regulated by the word of God, so the peace of God is not ruling them. And if you are not submitted to God's word, your peace of God will not rule in your heart. When selfishness rules in your heart, you will always be in fight mode. What did I say? When selfishness rules in your heart, you will always be in what? In fight mode or war mode. Because anybody that doesn't agree with you is your enemy. So fight. That's the problem with strife. Selfish-based rivalry. Anybody that doesn't agree with you is your enemy. You so you fight. It shows. So have you seen some people when you are discussing a simple issue? It's just everybody is free to express their mission, their opinion. They want the opinion to be their opinion. Have you seen people like that? And the way they talk, it will show. No, 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 no. This is the way it should be. What do you mean? This? Are you the only one? Say your own and let everybody say their own. Say no, 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 no. All these people, all you to say is nonsense. I say eh, 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 eh. Say no. It's what I said. No, we're having a discussion some time ago, and somebody said, No, they say, See, this, this thing you're saying, it was referring to what me, Paria, somebody else was saying. Say, This thing you're saying is, is, it shows that we're a victim of this. And that I said, Shut up. 
I said, just stop right there. I said, in every issue, we are permitted to have differences of opinion. My opinion may be different from your opinion. It may not even agree with your option or your opinion. As long as it's, as it's issue outside God's word, we can have differences of opinion. But you have no right to judge my opinion as short-sighted. No, stay with your own or stay with my own. All right? But we can disagree without being disagreeable. It's a difference. To disagree means to have differences of opinion because you are looking at it from different angles. That's okay. That's healthy. Difference is also a healthy part of communication. You can have a different approach to something. But when you are strife control, anybody's difference to your opinion is war. If they don't say the way you see it, fight. Like a game, fight. But when it comes to God's word, we, don't, we are not permitted to have opinion. We are to submit our opinion to what? The word of God. That's why when you are controlled by God's word, there's no basis for strife. But if we are debating current affairs, like for instance now, election is coming. Somebody that, let me give you a show, Somebody that uh, Henry may want to vote may not be the person that... Uh, uh, Samson won't. Abi? It may also be the person that maybe I want or Ebenezer won't. We can have different candidates. Is that not true? That's what politics is. You, you, you may have a reason why you support your guy. This other person may have a reason why you want support your guy. Stay on your guy. What did I say? Stay on your guy. Defend your guy. Explain your guy. Don't, don't go to another person and say, that is a useless person. That one you are crossing border. Defend your or preach your guy. Popularize your God. If, if it becomes the general popular opinion, they will vote for him. Is that also? <laughs> but strife is not like that, too. Now, my guy be the guy. If not be my guy, there is no other guy. And there's trouble. Because that's, that, that's what's wrong with people when it comes to strife. You are discussing with your husband, you are, you are discussing issues. Your husband is not seeing it the way you are seeing it. Okay, no problem. Okay, this is what I think. Can you think about it? Let's talk. Then, because you're born again, you've shared what you want to say, you go to God in prayer. Say, Father, this is what is in my heart. If I'm wrong, please help me out here. And you submit to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost will address him and will speak to him, his heart. The Holy Ghost knows how to talk to our hearts. Next time you meet on the issue, you'll be shocked that the Holy Ghost will just put his wisdom and two of you will agree on what you were fighting over. I'm, do you understand what I'm saying? Hear this. Let me quickly say this. Hear this. Strife people or contentious people are tension-causing people because they are tense themselves due to unresolved internal issues. When believers, listen to what I want to say. Everybody listen to this. Please listen to this. When believers do not use the word of God to address and resolve their issues, opinions, strife usually results. Did you hear what I said? When believers do not lose the word of God, allow the word of God to resolve, to address and resolve their issues, opinion, strife, usually result. Because you are saying it's either my way or no way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everybody, James 3.16. It says, for where envy and strife is, the Bible says, there is confusion and every evil work. James 3.16. Where 
envy and strife is. So if you allow strife to be in your life and in your relationship, that relationship will be, there will be confusion and there will be every evil because strife produces confusion. That's what the Bible says. All right, number six. Everybody says sedition. sedition. Say sedition. sedition. Let me round this up so that uh, we can do something next Sunday. Everybody says sedition. sedition. Can everybody talk? Come on. Sedition. One more time. Sedition. What is sedition? A sedition is S-E-D-I-T-I-O-N. Sedition actually means division. But there's a reason why he uses the word division. Because it has to do a division that is caused by a group of individuals that shares a common interest responsible for the division. That's why it's called sedition. Everybody says sedition. The word sedition means division or disunity. Sedition means division or what? Disunity. Sedition means division or what? Please listen to this because these are fundamental to our work with God. Sedition is a divisive. Write this down if you can. Sedition is a divisive. What does divisive? Something that scatters. It doesn't gather. Divisive means to scatter. Sedition is a... Please pay attention, everybody. Get this down. Sedition is a divisive and troublesome way. So it goes together. Anybody that is under the works of the flesh of sedition is divisive. They scatter. Because disunity is in their heart. So sedition is a divisive and troublesome way. They, they are not only scatter, they scatter in a troublesome way. Troublesome way of reasoning, feeling, and acting. Sedition. It is an attitude that scatters. What did I say? If it not be my way, nothing will work. They will scatter it. They will make sure they either absorb themselves or if they are involved, they will behave in such a way that since it didn't go their way, it must what? Must scatter. That's sedition. Listen to this. Sedition is an attitude that scatters. Sedition always leads to rebellion. Because division always leads. When people divide, the next phase is rebellion. Listen to this. Seditions, seditious people are rebellious people. Once they feel they are not being recognized, they will seek way to scatter things by causing division. I will read that again. Seditious people are rebellious people. Once they feel they are not being recognized, they will seek way to scatter things by causing division. The scripture warns us to avoid people who function this way. If you have friends that are always creating crisis, disunity, beware of such people. Beware of such people. They will say one thing to you, they will say another thing to another person, they will say, then they will not jam people's head together. Have you seen people like that? They tell different things to different people. Then they will absorb themselves. Because what I told you is different from what he told another person. And before you know it, bam, head will jump. Everybody turn your Bible to Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. I'm reading from New King James Version. Quickly. Then we'll go to heresies and uh, the two more were done. 
Romans 16, 17. What does the Bible say? Are you, are you learning something? Are you sure? Okay. Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. New King James. It said, Now I urge you, brethren, not those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but what? Their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Those are seditious people, divisive people, divisive and troublesome people. They act like they are on your side, but they are destroying anything that has to do with you. When they are in a church, they can destroy a church. It's a work of the flesh. So you need to be careful. If you have seditious people in the company, that company will come down. If they don't identify them and deal with them, they'll destroy the company. They will say one thing to management, they'll come to staff and say one thing to staff, and they'll jam it. Those are seditious people. They do that to further their own. The Bible says they do it because of their own belly, their own interest. Unknown to them, they are being controlled by Satan as you and used as an instrument of destruction. All right, number seven, heresies. Everybody say heresies. heresies. I didn't hear you. Heresies. What does heresies mean? The word heresy actually means sect or a group of people. That's where the word comes from, heresy. It also means a faction. So when we use the word heresies, we're referring to a particular opinion or philosophy that is particular to a group of people or a set. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, heresies, write this down, are usually disagreement that leads to discord arising from diversities of opinion. When we use the word heresy, we are referring to disagreement that leads to discord that is produced from differences of opinion. The people who propagate heresies, they have opinions that do not agree with the general. Their opinions are different. And they don't like to submit their opinion to the collective good and interests of the people. They are very, very stubborn about their opinion. They are very stubborn. And Satan uses such people to cause problems. That's why Satan raised, uh, what's his name? Hitler. Hitler grew up where the, the Jewish people were very progressive under the German regime, and they were very prosperous. They did very well. But he, he grew up with a philosophy that was based on hatred for the Jews. And he carried it up. When he got into the German party, and mangled, I read the story, and mangled his way and became the head of the party, and they now won. When they won, they formed a group known as the Nazis. And the Nazis are people with the mentality that they are superior beings. They are people who are superior to every other being. It was the mentality he sold to the entire German people that that man raised an army that almost created what they call a war genocide if they had not stopped him. They killed over six million Jews because of that mindset. The heresy that was propagated by Hitler, the damage is still being paid today by German to the Jewish people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Heresy is a way of reasoning, feeling, and behaving that advances personal interests and philosophy about... 
Bible says a way of reasoning, feeling, and behaving that advances personal interest and philosophy above the collective interest and vision. When you ask somebody who is under heresy, what do you think? Well, I know pastor said this, but for Misha, Misha, have you heard people talk like that? Say, Misha, now the way I say I'm with this, but you don't agree with what the pastor talk. But anyway, since pastor don't talk, I don't want like this, shall, but since pastor don't talk, I make we, we find out we will work with her. You know what they've just done? They've planted the seed of heresy. They've, they've told the people they don't agree with what pastor said. All right? And, and they make it look as if, okay, pastor is not listening to what I have to say. And my opinion may be even be better than what pastor said. But anyway, since he's the pastor of the place, we have to obey pastor. It's a very sinister behavior. When you're operating under heresy, you have a problem with submission. You don't like to submit. Once you just feel things are not going the way, do you know it takes integrity? It takes character for you to, for them to reject your opinion and your commitment is not altered. Did you hear what I said? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, you, you suggested something and they said, it's not what we need now. And you said, no problem. Your voice tone, your body language, your expression is not altered because you believe in the collective interest of what? Of the group. So you're not bothered. You're, st you're still focused. Do you know when you behave that way, any true leadership will seek character inside you. And whenever they want to do anything, they always come and ask you. But when you see a heresy-led believer, once they don't agree with his or opinion, next time they do something, say, do you have anything to say? Nothing, no. No, like you say nothing. After all, when I talked the last time, they know, yeah, what, what I want to talk now? He said, what did you say? He said, nothing, I don't say anything. I don't say anything. You, you will see from the body tone and language that their mind is not there. Why? Because last six months ago, when they asked for opinion, he or she gave an opinion, they didn't accept it, and as a result of that, that thing stayed inside his mind and our mind, and from that time till now, revenge. She will call ask me later. They go see. That, that's what's destroying the body of Christ. Heresy. Heresy. You can submit. Okay. We cannot use everybody's opinion once. It's not possible. Is it possible? No. Can you have two presidents in a country? Answer me now. Can you? Can you have two presidents? Okay. Assuming you have two presidents, who will listen to who? When one say, let's go east. Another will say, let's go west. They will say, no, 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 I think east is better. No, 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 I think east, uh, west is better. No, okay, let's think about that. No, no, let's go for not. Who will you obey? None. Satan understands these intrigues. So he weaponizes the works of the flesh to create confusion. Let me say this. The attitude of heresy creates tension and eventual destruction in relationship and in any environment. In Acts chapter 24, verse 14, Paul said, and these I confess to you that according to the, okay, this was when they were, they were talking about um, the way they perceived the Christians there. He said, I confess to you that according to the way which they call a heresy, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things are written in the law and in the prophet. This was Paul speaking. He referred to the Christians as a heretic group. That's where you get the word heretic from. Then also in um, 1 Peter 2 verse 1, Peter said, New King James Version, 
but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will, be, uh, there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them and bringing on themselves swift destruction. So it doesn't even end well for people who operate in heresy. All right, I have just two to go. What's the time? All right, we'll, we'll take that next Sunday and do the last category. Let me not stretch that. We've looked at um, six under offense. What is the first one? Very good. What is the second one? What is the third one? What is the fourth one? What is the fifth one? What is the sixth one? All right. And what is the seventh one? Very good. So tomorrow, uh, next Sunday, we're going to look at envying, murder. Then we'll look at the last category of the works of the flesh known as pleasure. Everybody say pleasure. All right. Then when we do that, then the warfare contending on the flesh level is done. And we go to the next level, which has to do with dealing with Satan and his the courts. Hallelujah. That's the demonic level warfare. We're going to look into that. Rise up on your feet. Let's begin to pray. Glory be to God. Can we, can we just begin to talk to him and pray? And the word of God will take root in our hearts. Praise God. Let the word of God take root in our hearts. Let the word of God take root in our heart. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Pray, pray, pray that prayer. Anywhere we are, that these works of the flesh are operational in your mindset. You've received the word of truth. Let the word of God renew your mind. Glory be to God. Come on, begin to pray. Let your word confirm our minds. Let your word confirm our mind. Glory be to God. In Jesus' name. Raise up your right hand. Say with me. Say, I proudly declare that I do not have the spirit of fear. I have the spirit of power. And the sound mind. As a result, I choose to walk according to my nature. With love. I walk in love. I walk in love. I walk in love. I walk in the spirit. I refuse to walk in the flesh. I walk in the spirit. I walk in love. I walk in love. I walk in love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen to us. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.